21st is being, is being held pursuant to Section 3 of Executive Order N-2920 issued by Governor Newsom on March 17, 2020, and all members are joining this meeting telephonically via Zoom. So why don't I call the roll for the members of the Pedestrian, the pedestrian Bicycle, Bicycle Advisory Committee. Committee. So, so I apologize if a little bit of a cold and, and um, my, voice my voice isn't, isn't too great today. today. So, my so my bad. So, so Chairman, Chairman Roller? Roller? Here. Great. David Suto? Here. Regan, Regan Fulton. I don't think I've seen Regan so far. No. No. Kieran Kieran Kelligan? I see, I him, see on him on the screen. I know he's, I know driving, he's driving now. There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jessica Penrod, are you here this evening? She is not. I just there, she there she is. There she is. There we go. Perfect timing. Hey, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. We were just, we were calling, just calling the roll. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing okay, okay today. today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, bear with, bear me, a with me a second while we while make, we you, make a you a co-host. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Sorry about the formalities. So we just so called the roll, and it looks, looks like Regan isn't present, present this evening, but we still, still have a quorum. Um, he just, uh, I canceled uh, July's meeting. He thought that was, I canceled June's. Okay. <laughs> we'll okay. talk about that on the future agenda. So I think he, maybe he'll be joining. We'll see what he says. That sounds, that sounds good. good. Yeah, maybe maybe he will. He might have made other plans. We'll see what happens. Sorry about that. So we so have, we have um, uh, alternate, alternate alternates, alternates for, our for our committee meeting, as, meeting well. as well. Is Warren Wells, Wells here this, here this evening from, from MCBC? MCBC? It doesn't, it doesn't look like it, like it but I thought I'd call his name out. Yeah, I haven't seen him yet either. Okay, okay and, and we have, we have a 94965 liaison, Sandra Caballero. You are here. How are you? Sandra Caballero. Very well. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. So I believe, so I believe Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, you have a quorum. For your, for your hey, meeting this let's evening. do this. Let's do this. All right. All right. So, so why don't we, why don't we move on then to item two, item two if, that's if that's all right with you, Mr. Chairman? Chairman? Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Item two, item this, two evening this evening is public, public comment, comment on items not on the agenda. On the agenda. So I'm going so to read a statement for everybody. For everybody. Uh, just, uh, in just in case you want to dial in. in. So, members so members of the public, of the public may comment, comment on, items on items not on the agenda, on the agenda during the public, public comment, comment period. Video, video and audio, audio public, public comment participation, participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. Per speaker. If, you if you would like to make a comment, comment please raise, raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called, be called upon when it's your, when it's your time, time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker, Each speaker will be notified when they have approximately one minute left to speak. All calls, All calls will be muted after the time has expired. Has expired. Please, state Please state your name for the record, for the record before, before beginning your comments. Your comments. Are, there are there any members, members of the public who would like, who would like to comment, comment on, on items that are not currently on the agenda? On the agenda. Mm -hmm. And uh, I encourage also at this time, if you're if you're new to the um, new here, we'd love to just hear from you and just introduce yourself. That would be you, Laura, if you'd like to. You know, we met the other day, Laura Taylor. So if you want to, raise your hand. Uh, that's also good practice that way. Um, and uh, otherwise, you can uh, you can also then comment later during the specific items in the agenda if, if you'd like to wait for those that are also new. There we go. Laura's got her hand up. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's see if Let's I see can, if I can uh, ask, uh, ask her to, her to unmute. unmute. 
and lower, and lower her, her hand. hand. Laura, are you, Laura there? are you there? I'm here. We don't, we see, don't your see your video, video or, maybe or maybe it's just me. Just me. Oh, yeah. it said the host turned me off. Oh, leave <laughs> it to me. <laughs> to me. <laughs> Hold on, let Hold me, on, see, let me see if I can find that. That's, there. How's that? There we go. Hey, okay. Laura. Hey, thank you. Sorry, so I'll, I'll, start, uh, I'll start your public comment and give it right over to you. I ran into Laura um, after uh, uh, having a coffee with uh, Lieutenant Gregory, who's also on tonight. And uh, she saw the bird scooter that I was practicing that we're going to talk about later this evening. And, and uh, she's, I think she challenged me to a race. And uh, that was where our conversation started. And she sounded like she's or really would be a wonderful um, person to have join our meeting. So please, Laura, take it away and, and introduce yourself. Thank you. I, I'm just happy to be invited. I live in Mill Valley and bicycle into San Francisco, Sausalito uh, most mornings for coffee. And so early, so I have a good vision of what um, some of the issues are, and I hope to be enlightened more by the extent of them and hope that I can contribute some. Mostly, I think this evening I'll be a listener. Very good. Thank you for joining us. I'm really, really happy to have uh, run into you the other day. Yeah. I won, by the way. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> All right, anybody else uh, raise your hand if you'd like to make a public comment or introduce yourself? All right. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I don't see anybody at this point. point. I do see, I do see Warren, Wells Warren Wells has joined us as well as Regan Fulton. So, so thank you folks for joining us. Yeah. Way to go. Way to go. Yeah, sorry, I'm in the airport, so it's a little, little noisy here. I'm keeping myself on mute with my camera off. Okay, no worries. Glad you could join us, Warren. And you too, Regan, sorry to uh, confuse you with the canceling of July. <laughs> okay cool all right all right i think, I think that, was that was item two on your agenda, your agenda this evening so item three is the approval of minutes, of minutes. so i'll turn so it I'll over, turn to, it over you, to you mr. Mr. Chairman. mr chairman yeah anybody want to approve the minutes that i wrote move to approve second great <laughs> Oh, that, oh, means, that me. means me. I got to call the roll. Sorry. Sorry. Trying to get on it. <laughs> on it. All right. All right. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, Aaron, Aaron Roller. Roller. Yes. Great. David Great. Suto. David Suto. Yes. Regan Fulton. Regan Fulton. Yes. All right. All right. Kieran, Kieran Culligan. Culligan. Yes. Ooh, we got, Ooh, we him, got that him that time. And Jessica, and Jessica Penrod. Yes. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Sorry. You got to keep me on top of these things. Okay. I will do that. Item four. Which yeah. is uh, it's feedback, a feedback uh, member, member updates. updates. So, so 4A is, is the safety statistics update, update from, Jessica. from Jessica. Yeah, very good. Let's. Uh, Jessica, did you you have anything or any updates from uh, the presentation last? I do. Sorry, I don't have it pulled up, but um, I would like to present. So give me one moment. There is one new incident uh, that I just wanted to call to light here. Um, it's a pedestrian incident. And for those that are new to the um, meeting today, this is just a monthly update on any pedestrian or bicycle incidents that happen within Sausalito. And the source is uh, Swirts? Switters? Switters. Yeah. Switters. Thank you. <laughs> Been corrected multiple times on that, Warren. <laughs> um, uh oh, I may. Let me see. Can I share my screen? I may be prevented from sharing my screen today. Hold on. Hold give on. Me a sec. Give me a sec. 
No, you should no, you be, should you're be a your co-host. Okay, what? Should be a should green, be a green button, button on the bottom, on the bottom of, the of the screen. Okay. Yeah. My, uh, my maternity leave is getting the best of me. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back. You made it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, can you see my screen? We're good. We're good. Okay, wonderful. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, Squitters, as well as TIMS, which is the transportation injury mapping system, are the two sources of this. Uh, TIMS is just a more visual appearance, um, an, an easier visual appearance for those that are looking at these two sources. Um, so thus far to date, um, 2021 did not have any as of the last meeting. As of this meeting, we do have one. So this updates here to one new pedestrian and one bicycle in 2021. And then the actual incident itself was at Johnson and Bridgeway. Um, it was an 84 year old pedestrian crossing the street with a car who hit them. There was an injury associated with this, but it was not um, the, the way that they're ranked is that it could be fatal all the way down to no injury. So this was a minor injury in this case, um, and the driver was identified at, at fault. So again, this goes back to kind of our area um, that has been identified in the past as kind of a, a risky area to be crossing at this Bridgeway and Johnson area, which is right about here. Yeah, and that, that's a stoplight. You know, that's a controlled intersection. Yeah. Was he, was he crossing Bridgeway, do you know, or was he uh, crossing Johnson? I believe it was crossing Bridgeway. Um, the I would have to pull the report back up, but I believe that's what it was. No worries. Yeah, it most likely was right. Um, but yeah, again, again, down in the in the hot zone that we already have identified and been talking about between Johnson and Apple. So. Yeah. Cool. And that's time. And what was the date you said? The collision date was April. So that's uh, actually kind of uh not too far it's just two months i guess uh um, yes so this was a, a pretty quick um update we oftentimes oops, sorry i'm getting a notice we oftentimes um have a little bit more of a delay but this was done pretty quickly yeah perfect well thank you for the update and i think that's a, that's all we typically expect uh if there was interest in having uh more in-depth uh investigation into something we would maybe schedule that for a future meeting and i don't see the need for that um i do believe stacy there was a uh stacy gregory everybody lieutenant gregory um she uh there was a question uh last meeting about uh if switters is the 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 best way to be getting us the data or if it would be a, a faster or better to get it directly from sausalito pd that was something that vicky nichols had, had also brought up um, as uh, something that we had hoped to reach out to ask. And now would be a good time um, during the statistics to, to help us understand if, if we're going about this the right way. Yeah, we definitely do monthly statistics and we could break it down in any way, you know, vehicle, mm -hmm. vehicle versus bike, vehicle versus pedestrian, pedestrian versus vehicle, um, you know, however you'd like. It would probably be quicker uh -huh. come to us directly okay. since we do it do it monthly and since the report's already there then it's not um a burden to necessarily put us on the copy list and it wouldn't be sharing private information that would need to be cleansed is that right, right. yeah you just have to let me know what the breakdown 
mm -hmm. would be that you'd want to see. Great. Um, can Jessica reach out to you? And, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. Awesome. So, Thank so, you so much. That's wonderful. Please include hey, me in that, that as well. As well. I, I want to make sure, sure that DPW is involved with that process as much as, as, much possible. as possible. Wonderful. Kind of, um, just wondering if I can chime in here. Um, I don't know the full rules of when I'm allowed to talk or not, um, but it would also be really great to learn about uh, what the process is for reporting um, and how quickly that process is. Because there was like the, the, just even in the slide that Jessica shared, there was um, the incident date and then you had the reporting date or something like that, the processing date. Um, so just wondering a little bit more about like the experience uh, an individual goes through when they're reporting this. Um, just because I'm a little familiar in other cities uh, on a person, personal experience, um, having been doing the reporting, um, and I always found it to be quite difficult. Um, actually, almost impossible. <laughs> so uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more about the process. Not right now, maybe, but perhaps in another time. Yeah, please reach out to me and, you know, whatever questions I can answer, I'd love to. You know, there's no secrets. Um, you know, I don't know what the reporting date that's listed here actually means, whether it's us reporting to Switters. Um, so, you know, we'd have to look a little deeper into that. But, you know, the reporting date for us is when we get called and, and you know, that's the date of the incident in most times, unless it's a late report. So, let's so but, Sandra, you can reach out to me and, you know, I can help you understand um, some of that. So let's, so let's maybe, maybe bring Stacy up, up to speed, speed a little, a little bit, bit as well. We, we this, group this group had talked in the past about, about trying to get as much data, data as they can a little sooner than having to go to Twitters or to Tins. And, and um, so, so reaching out to PD is a good idea, but we want to make sure, make sure that we're all on the same page before we provide that information out. So let's work with the chief and yourself and so we can set this up correctly. I see Warren's hand up. Warren, thank you for hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Aaron. <clears throat> yeah, um, just yeah, just uh, add on to that. It'd be really great if we could, you know, both see the the tallies for any you know bike pedestrian, uh, like sorry, bike involved or pedestrian involved crashes, as well as you know the, the what Jessica reported on having the age. I think of the um, of the the victim is good, and also. Again, I'm not, you know, I know that Switters reports out like the violation code just so, you know, we can tell if this is like a stop sign violation or a stoplight violation or, um, you know, or like a pedestrian crossing against the signal. So we, we know if it's if the problem here are, are drivers turning right against the red or pedestrians crossing against the signal. That would be helpful. And I got understanding, Kevin, I know you mentioned like just making sure it's, you know, what, something we can report on. Yeah, I want yeah, to just be careful because I want to bounce it off of Stacy and the chief to make sure that we're not doing something that we shouldn't at this point in time. So I realize that the group had mentioned in the past that they'd like to get more data associated with any of the accidents and not necessarily with sweaters, which is a certain category. So again, Stacy and ourselves, we've been pretty darn busy with other stuff. But if we can help out, I think we will. Yeah, and we have a record supervisor that you know knows how to weed out what we can release and what we can't release. So, you know, that'll be pretty easy to do. You just give me a list of what you're looking for, and and you know, if we can, we'll add it to it. Sounds great. Thank you for uh, yeah taking care of that, and uh, we'll follow up 
um, Stacy, I'll follow up and, and I'll include Sandra as well since she has interest and experience with this. It's wonderful. Um, thanks for that. Also, uh, if uh, any, I guess we should go to public comments if there's any public comments on uh, the statistics portion um, what we just talked about. Yeah, if you yeah, have, if you uh, have uh, public, public comment, comment, please raise your hand, your hand or dial star nine, nine like we suggested, suggested earlier. earlier. And at this point, at this Mr. point Mr. Chairman, Chairman, I don't, I don't see any see hands, raised. hands raised. Yep. Okay, great. And then uh, also, uh, as part of the member updates, I, I guess I don't see the bullet, but uh, I was just going to mention that this is uh, David Sudo will be terming out um, as a member um, the, pretty much at, at this, uh, this meeting. And I just wanted to, to mention that also. Um, uh it's been i've been a chair for a year um so uh also wanted to just make sure that if it uh if it makes sense to to continue being chair or if anybody else would like to uh suggest uh, that we reorder some things and all that kind of stuff so would that be appropriate to talk about tonight or is that something we should put on the agenda we should okay. probably, we should probably put, put it on, it on the agenda, agenda at, this at this point so we'll okay. make it for the, for the next meeting or later, later on in the summer so that we have plenty of time to think about it elect elected chair, chair if necessary, if necessary. Great. So let's put that on the next one. And then also, uh, I am uh, suggesting that we do not meet in July, um, that we would actually cancel the, uh, the July meeting as a, as a gift to the, to the summer people. And uh, I'll actually be on holiday as well. So, um, so the next meeting would be August. And that's worth mentioning now, too. Very cool. nice. Um, all right. So uh, item 5, uh, 5A. All right. All right. Item 5A, uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, I'm going to share my screen here. I just have a couple pictures, and this is a short item. Uh, Great. Nothing, nothing too big about it. So hold on one sec. There we go. Can everybody, Can everybody see my screen? Should say yes. pedestrian by school advisory committee. All right. All right. Uh, a couple, a couple things, things came up over the last, last month or so, and I simply wanted to talk about them uh, with, this uh, with this particular group. We had, we had a email, basically an email complaint about cyclists running through basically Bay Street, which is a signalized intersection, as well as not stopping for pedestrians down here off of Anchor Street as well. Um, probably um, not uncommon, and, and I would suspect, suspect that a lot of you have seen this as well, as well especially on the weekends when it gets, when it gets to be very busy, busy with a lot, with a lot of cyclists riding through the city itself. itself. So just so a couple just pictures, a couple pictures so, that so that we're all on the same page. All right, here's Anchor Street where my cursor is, and you can see that it is not a signalized intersection. Vehicles are not required to stop at this intersection, only if there are pedestrians in the crosswalk are they required to stop. And, and the, the uh, in, addition, in addition, in the other in direction, direction, which I'll show in a minute, this is a fairly long intersection, oh, excuse me, long, excuse me, long crosswalk. And, and technically, if there is somebody in the crosswalk, you in a you vehicle, in a vehicle or, or on a bicycle, bicycle are required, are required stop, to stop, regardless, regardless of where they are, where they are in, in the crosswalk. The crosswalk. Mm. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? It, yeah, it's actually, you can't, uh, you can't be in conflict. You basically can't be blocking them. If, if, if Stacey may be able to correct, but if, for example, if they've already passed and they're still in the crosswalk, you would be able to proceed because there's no future in, in intersection. That's what I was taught when driving as a safety driver for cruise. Sound yes, right? you just can't impede their travel. Thank you. That's if the they pass, I mean, you know, there's certainly, you know, if you pass within inches of them after they've passed you because you're pissed off that you had to stop, that's going to be an issue. 
you know, um, but it's more about the travel towards you. Once they've passed you, you know, give them a safe distance, you're clear to go. As they're coming towards your vehicle, you certainly, um, they have the right of way and you must stop. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, folks. Thank you, folks. I appreciate, I appreciate that. that. So, so the complaint, the complaint area, area is this one right here, right here off, off of Bay Street, Bay Street which, is which is signalized. Um, um, there we go. There we go. My cursor, cursor can be seen. So, so uh, we've got a complaint, got a complaint that, that a lot of cyclists, lot of cyclists are just riding through this when there's a red light, red light and, and they had they requested, had requested some, additional some additional signage. signage. Uh, same uh, in the, same other, in the direction, other direction, just looking just at a couple, at a couple pictures, pictures, so I let folks know where the heck we are. Heck we are. And, and uh, one, uh, of one of the things that things was suggested is to put a stop sign that says cyclists must stop, or even this example here, where you actually put a stop sign in the bike path itself. I'm not, I'm not thrilled, thrilled with, that with that because it limits, it limits sight, distance sight distance for pedestrians, for pedestrians as, well. as well. And, and uh, uh, I'm just I'm showing, just showing it, as, it an as an example. The other the thing, other that, thing we that we have to take, take a look at are MUTCD standards, which is the Municipal Traffic Name Stand. But it's a standard for signage in the state of California. And if we do put up a sign similar to this, cyclists stop. I just want to make sure that it meets all the necessary codes and requirements. I wanted to let the group know that we're looking into something like this and wondered if you had any comments on kind of this particular issue. Now, it's, yeah. it's, kind, it's of kind of signage throughout, throughout the city, the city as well. Because I, I mentioned in the past, I've tried to bring, bring these things up <coughs> when, they when they come up. up. So excuse so, me. Um, no, I think if there's a, the, the real key thing, I think, is the, uh, for me anyway, is, is the pedestrian um, and bicycle. I, the, one, of the letting, one of the letters was complaining about the, the T-stops. And honestly, um, there's very few, uh, very little conflict with a cyclist just continuing through a, a T when there's no left turns. Car, you know, cars aren't going to be doing left turns into the bike lane. And so as long as they're doing a, a stop and then roll through and cruise through, that's great. But if they're bombing through like we've all seen and, and, and almost been hit ourselves as pedestrians. So if there's, I would love to see the messaging of, of, uh, you know, really talking to the cyclists and the drivers that, um, you know, not, not really a reminder of the law, but just almost speaking in other terms. And I realize that there's limitations to what signs you can have, but, but just really bringing it to home to them to understand that, uh, that, um, you know, causing angst to our pedestrians is only going to harm them, uh, for, for their, for their, for their ride through town. You know what I'm saying? Uh, assuming that they're coming back again, which they may. Kieran, I see your hand. Hi there. One of the letters from the community I was reading was suggesting some form of signage, and it sounded like the primary purpose was such that the police department could then enforce or could write tickets when they saw violations. Could Lieutenant Gregory clarify, like, it, does signage help enforce, or I, I would assume it can already be enforced as is. Is that right? Yeah. Right. If there's a stop required or, a, you know, it's a red light or stop sign, it's already there. We don't need more signage to, to enforce it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Sandra? There we go. I, I have a question about how many complaints need to be written in or called in in order for, one, this to get on the agenda and two for it to actually happen um 
So just the, the numbers behind this specifically. So, so numbers, numbers specifically, specifically, we've only, we've had, only one had one complaint about this, about this specific area, but, but this, group this group has been has talking, talking about safety aspects for the last year or so, or so. And, and I had mentioned, I had mentioned as, as, trying as trying to assist, assist with, this with this meeting to bring up, bring up these, these issues as they come up, so we get so a chance to discuss them. them. We're a pretty, We're pretty informal group, as you can probably tell. And, and if we do, if we have, do have more, more similar, similar issues, issues, I think it would, I think be, it would important be important to bring it up, to, bring it up to, the to the group. Aaron, do you, Aaron, have, do you have anything else you might want to add? Yeah, I, I wish it was a little more scientific uh, as far as how the agenda is uh, written. But but honestly, we we uh, it's it's really driven by Kevin and myself collaborating a lot of and then a lot of what we suggest at the end of the meeting for future agenda items and that kind of thing. Um, and then as they as they come up, sometimes the the letters may may hit close to home. We've had we've had uh, various talks about some ADA stuff, and that was just from one letter. I think also the thoughtfulness and the thoroughness some, sometimes helps us influence about um, doing proper follow up. So um, that's that's about. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Regan. Hi. Um... With respect to the enforcement, I have seen on a recent Saturday, the motorcycle um, police uh, person positioned at uh, Bay and Bridgeway. And it, in fact, when I went by, he was issuing a, a citation to a, um, a cyclist who apparently had ridden, ridden through against uh, a pedestrian. So there is enforcement going on. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's important. Um, with respect to signage, I like signage that indicates that vehicles, I'm sorry, that bicycles are legitimate vehicles and that the, the pavement that they share is legitimately assigned to them. So the stop sign on the upper left-hand corner um, does indicate that. That says, we know you're there. We allow and um, respect the fact that cyclists belong. Um, but we also insist that bicyclists follow the law. And so I think that's kind of good messaging. I, I understand the, the part about sight lines and so on. I've seen elsewhere in other countries, I think Denmark in particular, where actual uh, traffic lights of about the same scale are installed on separated bike lanes. And again, I, I think that really gets the message across that bicycles are seen as a legitimate form of transportation. And it, it can certainly add to safety. The last thing I would say is I, I would hate to see um, the introduction of signs like this be counterproductive so that if you put one here but not elsewhere, bicyclists interpret that to mean uh, it's, a, it's imperative that I stop now but not later. So that that's one concern I would have. And, and with respect to those T's, uh, such as at Nevada and Bridgeway, where bicyclists go blasting through all the time, I'm afraid I have a, a different opinion. I think it's already too dangerous for pedestrians, um, and I, I wouldn't encourage cyclists to do that at all. 
Thank you. Uh, Karen, you got your hand still? Yeah, sorry, a, a follow-up question. I should have batched them together. And this is maybe for Warren, as well as Lieutenant Gregory. Uh, as I understand it, there's legislation in the works for California right now around what I colloquially call the Idaho stop, which is very much a common sense set of regulations where stop signs can be treated as yield signs and uh, a red stoplight is treated as a stop sign. So obviously you wouldn't go when it's unsafe, but um, in a very common sense way. So much of this signage that's illustrated here like might not actually be appropriate. Any insight as to timing when that may be coming? How serious is it? Um, so I would definitely want to take that into consideration that there may be changes relatively soon. Uh, I can answer that. Um, so the, the assembly bill that's being considered, uh, can everyone hear me? Sorry, I realized I'm like in an airport with a mask on. Yes. Um, the assembly bill being considered at the moment would address stop signs. So it would allow bicyclists to continue to, to treat a stop sign as a yield if there were no pedestrians or no vehicles you know, that deserve the right of way or are in the, in the intersection already. The, the pending law does not address stop signs. So that is the case in some other states, but is not currently proposed before the California state legislature. So this would only be considering stop signs and also would not, would not address unsignalized, um, like a unsignalized crosswalk, like we're, we're, we're like what the, one of the two intersections here. So that wouldn't change any, any law there, just, just the stops. Oh, great. Thanks. That's, that's helpful because I guess in that case, it won't specifically affect many of these hotspots. Um, okay. Thanks for that. Uh, Sandra, I see your hand. Um, so my suggestion would be rather than a stick approach to cyclists, um, it should be a um, prioritization of the pedestrians. So why don't we put a very beautiful uh, light or intersection, you know, like a flashing light, like a, a different approach where the pedestrian is put forward um, as opposed to just a stop mm -hmm. that focuses on, on, um, on not, you don't, you're not changing the infrastructure to make it safer or maybe to make pedestrians more visible. Um, but rather you are just, uh, it, you might be putting a stop sign that because of this new law, it may, you may have to remove soon. Um, so I would say in terms of considerations, maybe we should consider a bigger ample, a, a bigger spacious, more pedestrian sidewalk or like a colorful sidewalk, or just in terms of our imagination, um, have us think pedestrian first, um, and then move from there. Great. Sounds great. And, and, and always, and I ask this every meeting, but uh, we have parking spaces right up to our crosswalks. They're blocking the view of the pedestrian standing in the crosswalk. It is the recommendation of the Department of Transportation to have a minimum distance away from the crosswalk. So we could just red red paint uh, a bunch of there you know we would end up taking away probably dozens of parking spaces in this town that are being used but they're they would be following the, the rules and um it would it would increase the pedestrian safety 
not saying that the bicycles would all of a sudden just magically stop, but with that spirit, um, um, pedestrian first spirit, um, let's let's start focusing on on uh, on some of the things we can do, including you know signs and also removing uh, cars blocking the view. David, yeah, I, just an an add on to what you just said. I think because of where a, a bicycles located on a street compared to where a driver is uh, in a car in the lane it's much harder for a bicyclist to see a pedestrian entering this a crosswalk with an obstructed car you know like a van or something than it is even for the the uh, for a car traveling in the same direction um you know the car at least the driver's out eight feet or so from where the bicyclist is and so it has a better angle to see a pedestrian you know getting ready to cross the street um so that's you know you know the daylighting issue is really an important um issue when if we're trying to reduce the conflicts between bicyclists and pedestrians yeah cool there's oh here we go warren's back yeah i i was wanting a question of like is there any official daylighting policy in the city of Sausalito? And if not, is that something that um, this body could, at some future date, where the you know, agenda is item, recommend to to council to have some so that the DPW could have some support on removing parking in particular places where there are these hot spots of, um, of challenges where bicyclists and drivers are not seeing pedestrians trying to cross the street. Again, apologies for the background noise. Okay. So I'm not sure, so I'm not if, you sure if you want me to respond to that. Hold on. Can you guys Can hear you me? Get, just check. Just check. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you got, if you know, he just asked a question if there was a policy. I, I wonder. I'm not aware, I'm not aware of, a of a specific policy at this point in time. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it. Look at it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, I, I think. I think what I heard uh, from this, Kevin, is uh, you have some thoughts of signage that would be coming along the way to, to answer to this problem. Right, right. And, um, and you'll present those to us in the future? Uh, yep, the, yep. The concepts? Okay, great. Yep. And yep. That's, that's the action item that we, that we get out of this. Is that right, right. This is just this information, is just information at, this at this point. I have one, I have more, one thing more thing to show, to show you folks. folks. And it had, and to, it had do to do with... with uh, uh, hold on, let's, hold see, on. let's see if this is going uh, <coughs> it has to, it do, has to with, do with uh, bike, parking. bike parking. And, and it, it's, my, it's understanding, my understanding, and I haven't been down here on weekends too much, too much but, but near the restroom here on uh, the Bank of America, America building, building or the old Bank of America, America building, that a lot that of cyclists, cyclists will park out in front in order to use the restroom. And currently there is bike parking in the back, but it's not used as much. So one of the questions for this group is, where do you want it? And what style? Because what I'm, what I'm anticipating is that, is that there, will be, will be, you know, you know, we're going we're into going kind of a, kind of a, a budget, budget issue, which I'll talk about later on tonight. And, um, but if there, but are, if there opportunities are opportunities to find, find uh, more, uh, bike more bike parking areas and that type, and that of, type infrastructure, of infrastructure, this might be a good thing to look into and try to add. So things to think about, guys and gals think of some ideas where to put it. Let me know that it doesn't obstruct with pedestrian access. And, and uh, uh, we, can we can try to move, try forward, to move with forward with that. I see Sandra. 
I love this <laughs> question. Um, I think immediately what comes to mind is just because you have such a powerful visual before us, um, there's a huge parking lot and then a whole lot of uh, parking spaces uh, on Bridgeway that you can argue may not necessarily be necessary because there's a giant parking lot right behind um, and around that whole area, really. So my immediate recommendation would be um, those parking spots uh, that are parallel to Bridgeway. So you see a couple of gray cars, that white car. Um, it would be parking, but just for bikes. Okay. Okay. All right. Very All right, helpful. Very helpful. Um, um, I see uh, Kevin Carroll's hand. Yeah, hi, good evening. Um, I'm one of the ones who brought this up. And um, one of the points I thought at some point um, the Sausalito bike return was going to lend some signs, because that's one of the issues is there's no signage on the building indicating that there's a bicycle parking in the Bank of America lot. Um, and I think that's why bicyclists you know aren't thinking you know they don't see the they can't see the bicycle parking area and with no signage so they just leave their bikes outside and there's still the issue of people taking their bikes inside the building too which is not a problem much during the week um, but on the weekends when tourists are in the afternoon weekdays I think in the future during the summer that's going to be an issue too so if there's a way to at least start with signage uh, and then see if people obey it, it may eliminate the problem or at least lessen it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing it up in the first place and uh, and the uh, the boots on the ground view that you have there. <laughs> One of the most uh, visitors. Stacy, I see your hand. Where did she go? There she is. There we go. Let's get you unmuted. There you go. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Where did there she go? Go, Stacy. Hello. All right. Let's hit, let's go to Susan while Stacy works out her her technical issues. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, she's unmuted. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So. Okay. Um, um, hopefully some of you have seen we did close Tracy Way um, this past Thursday. So there's a lot of bicycle racks down there. We're hoping that will ease some of the congestion that we've seen on the sidewalks. Um, and um, Lisa and the Sausalito Bike Return are down there on the weekends. Currently they're staffing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And as well as our parking staff, our intention is to move bicycles um, to the parking areas. Um, the bathroom area we've talked about. Lisa and her staff are kind of watching that and trying to determine, you know, is signage the best thing? They move people along if they need, um, if they need to. Um, but we we thought about maybe just putting a, you know, bicycle parking to the rear of the build on the building, and um, hoping that would help. But I think she's going to make maybe an A-frame. They're really good about just put, placing A-frames as to. Um, the issues and where they need them and and so we were going to try that to see if that helps on a temporary basis um, but that is that is in our um 
you know, kind of on our list of hot areas down there. Cool. Right. Uh, Susan. Uh, yeah, thank you, Aaron. Sorry, I just wanted to go back to the um, bike um, sign issue when you summed up to Kevin about signage. When I was on the planning commission, we had a really long discussion about wayfinding downtown. And one of the issues that was really front and center with a lot of people was that there's too many signs and too many contradictory signs. And it's just a clutter of signage. So I would like to just um, echo Sandra's and some other people's comments that more street design and complete street design, I think would be a better approach. So more friendly, better marked crosswalks, better lit crosswalks, um, you know, things that just naturally lead people to slow down, better daylighting, kind of all of those as opposed to another sign. Um, I think that it's just going to be confusing. There's so much, so many people that don't usually come to Sausalito that are there and they're looking around and there's just a lot of activity and I think it's dangerous to have, to have too many signs. Just my particular point of view. Um, I also think putting a sign, if I was understanding correctly, a sign, a stop, stop sign in a signalized intersection is also highly confusing and could be really um, in direct violation of MUTCD. And just, you know, if there's a green light and a red stop sign, I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. just really? adding that to the conversation um, for yeah. Kevin to think about. I know the complete street treatments are more expensive. Um, but if we can think a little more long-term, I would, I think that might be a better route. So thanks. You got a plus one here. Thank you for speaking up, Susan. That's, that's well said. Uh, David. Yeah, just, just to add on to Susan's comments is one thing we should look at is where signs get placed. Um, frequently our signs, our current signs, uh, their limited effectiveness because they're not placed where you would put a new sign today. A lot of times we put signage after an intersection instead of before an intersection so that people don't see the signage until after they passed an intersection, which, you know, you know, we have some uh, wayfind, bicycle wayfinding signage at the end of uh, 2nd Street that I don't think anybody ever sees because they're trying to negotiate the corner. And then the signage that's on, um, it, you know, at that intersection to enter the uh, Tracy Way is, again, is after the intersection. So it's hard to see with everything that's going on. And it's just, um, you know, we kind of have an archaic placement of our signage. And so as long as well as like looking at what kind of signage we have and, and quantities, we should be looking at placement of the signage also. Yeah. So uh, that's good follow up. Um, and that bring it back to the bike parking, uh, Kevin. Uh, I have a suggestion like across from Trident, um, taking away a, a vehicle parking spot and putting a bike rack there. There's nowhere. Trident has bike parking. They say it's just for their customers only. And then there's the next rack that you're looking at Golden Gate Market. Um, on one side and uh, Tracy Way on the other. And so um, I would think uh, uh, right there, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, places to eat and a lot of those um, parking spots have been used for parklets already. So just, I think having, uh, starting with one, one parking spot, if we could get that and some bike racks in there and then maybe a sign on that rack saying more bike parking 
towards the ferry or something like that. So it doesn't get overloaded. People don't necessarily uh, jump on that. Another one possibility on Princess Street as well, which would also then uh, be you know uh, near some of the shops there, but also across from uh, Napa Valley Burger Company and, and uh, Barrel House Tavern and, and, and that kind of stuff. And so just um, some opportunities there. Yes, uh, they would be taking away the um, on-street parking, but um, there would be potentially 10 visitors instead of just one that would be using that spot. Is that, uh, I don't see any other hands. Uh, uh, Kevin, is that uh, you hitting the goals for the, yep, the bullet? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, we should open up to public comment. If anybody has a public comment on what we've just discussed uh, on the bike sign or the bike parking. I don't, I don't see, see any, see any raised, raised, raised at, this, at point. this point. Me neither. So we've got a full agenda. I say we keep moving on. We'll move we'll quickly, quickly here. Uh, we had we Nevada, Nevada Street update, update uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night. On the, on the city council agenda, agenda I'm, recommending I'm recommending that we move forward utilizing SB1 funding, funding for next fiscal year to allocate part of that to Nevada, Nevada Street. It is, it is uh, kind of falling apart, apart a little bit, little bit and, and I want to try to catch, catch it before it goes too far, too far and, and do some dig outs and put on a microsurface on top of that, which is a cheaper solution than fully resurfacing. So this item should go to council tomorrow evening. and. There are some, there are other, some minor other minor things on that things list, on that list. What, and, and we had talked, we had about, talked them about them before, before which has, which has to, do with to do with trying to develop, trying to develop designs, designs initially before, before, um, before, grant before grant availability comes up so that we so have shovel-ready shovel projects. projects. And so we so want to use some of that, some of that money to develop, to develop some shovel-ready projects. The other big projects that are kind of on the list that we really don't have enough money for has to do with some of the concrete streets. And that, and that is, is uh, Edwards, Edwards Avenue, Avenue, which needs, which some, needs help. some help. And, and I'm trying to I'm think, trying of, think the of the other street, street but I think it's I think Gerard. Gerard. Is also needs so some needs some significant improvements. improvements. So, so those two those ones, two ones they, would they would definitely exceed the budget, the budget for SB1 funding. So my, my recommendation is to try to maximize the amount of funding we have and to save a street from going too far into deterioration and having to put more money into it later on down the line in order to resurface it. So the idea is to microsurface it and do some dig outs and hopefully give it another 10 or 15 years before we have to do significant repairs. So that's my quick update. Okay, what does that mean then for the school safety improvements and the daylighting and then potentially the bikeway that we been discussing does that is this not a summer project then for sure or is this still a possibility a summer project uh, boy that's, boy, a, that's decent a decent question, question. I, think I think the way i'd originally, originally answer your question, your question is this will, this will help the project, the project itself, itself by putting, by putting a, microsurface a microsurface on the roadway, on the roadway. it'll make it'll those stripes pop out and make them much make more, visible more visible if we and make them last longer because they're, yeah, they're on yeah. the road that's going to be there longer. Get it. Yep. Okay. That's right. That's right. Now, whether, now, whether we can make that schedule, schedule to do this by the end of the year, year uh, excuse me, excuse by the end, by of, the end summer, of the summer, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big, big reach, reach. Um, uh, especially, especially since we're simply, simply going to try to approve the budget, the budget at, at, in the next, in the next um, um, by tomorrow, tomorrow hopefully. Okay. So that, yeah, August 23rd is when school starts. And I had met uh, with David Finan there today. And he also, uh, he's now the principal for the elementary school that is at the um, Nevada Street campus, the Sausalito campus, uh, formerly known as Willow Creek Academy campus. 
Um, he also was uh, a bit startled at how um, all the paint anywhere around that, all, all the all the all the street paint is just n not is missing. It's just you can see where it used to say school, but barely. It's a shadow of what used to be there. So um, he certainly uh, uh, would like me to pass on the, uh, the that there is more more paint improvements. Paint paint would do wonderful things around the school in general, and maybe that's something we can. Um, follow up on and, and uh, might might help uh, by loosen some concerns that he had with uh, taking on this new this school that he um, to be straight honest he's he's the uh, Bayside um, principal but he does, hasn't spent much time at the Sausalito campus at all so when he first saw it today it was just like whoa we've got a lot to do here so he's raising the raising the flag so whatever we can get done before August twenty third would be great. Um, and then also then the bikeway, which would have to also go in front of city council, is will not be discussed tomorrow, or will it be discussed tomorrow? No, this no, is this just is just to, 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 to um, itemize, itemize this specific, specific road for SB1, SB1 funding. funding. This is required, required by, by TAM, TAM to, 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 to note which roads, roads we're going to spend this money on. Yeah. And I'm recommending, I'm recommending we spend, we spend on it on Nevada, Nevada Street. Street. Yeah, okay. And then if the bikeway, is the bikeway still under consideration? Uh, we've talked we've about talked a lot, about of, a different lot of different bikeways. Bike so, so um, the, the bike, the the remove parking, put a bikeway on Nevada Street. That one, that specifically, we've been talking about. We we have we been have talking been about, about that, and we've got, and we've got a lot of pushback in the recent past, past about the removing, the removing the parking itself. itself. So, so I believe, I believe the, planning the planning commission asked us to step back, step back take, a take a different look at this, and then decide whether we actually need to remove parking and bring it back to them. To decide whether, decide whether we're going to move forward, forward with removing parking, parking or not, and so I that's think... not on, that's not going forward then. Okay, so just just want to, we want to it's uh, we need to update to everybody if if that is or is not going forward because let, we haven't heard that it's not or or what the next steps are with that. I think I initially, think initially we, needed we needed some money in order, in order to make sure that we can get this road resurfaced or, or fixed, fixed in some way. And so and identifying, identifying SB1 funding, funding to allocate to microsealing the surface will help, will help the project, project definitely. definitely. Otherwise, Otherwise, we only had 50000 to throw this project for striping. And I'm concerned okay. it wouldn't it stick, stick by itself. itself. So we'll uh, talk about the funding tomorrow and then then there'll be the next steps. You'll have a more clear, uh, and you can identify that as far as whatever next steps are, if uh, as far as going with a bikeway or not or whatever. Then yes, that'll be, yes. Okay, got it. Okay, perfect. So that helps get a plan. So uh, what I will communicate to David and others then is, uh, it, it sounds to me like we will not. They, these improvements won't be before school starts, uh, and and that there would be some time during the uh, during the school year, most likely. If we can, if we get, can it get it in sooner, we would be a hero. Great. Let's be conservative and say no. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I see. I see. Uh, who do we got? Jessica's hand. Hold on. Let me pass off a baby real quick. Um, the. I just wanted to ask a question, Kevin. How does all the work that PG&E is currently doing on Nevada Street impact some of these projects and their responsibility for some of the repair work. Um, Nevada Street, Tamales, and Butte, and Coloma are all completely torn apart as of the last two months. So first, so first up, up, you don't, you have, don't to have to hand off the baby, off the baby like, you like the baby. 
It's his bedtime. Okay. okay. Um, um, and then, and then most, of most of the work should be should happening, happening on Tamales Street. And, and the, the only, if only if you have a street that's on a moratorium, in other words, resurfaced in the last five years, would the utility, would the utility have, to have to resurface the entire street? At this At point, this they, point only they only have to resurface what's called a T trench on each on one, each of, one their of their utility trenches. trenches. So it's in so the shape of a T. Um, but they're not but required, they're not required to, resurface to resurface the entire, the entire street. street. Thank you. So then we should also aim to do this um, top resurfacing after they've completed all of their work. Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah. you got it. You got it. I see. Thank you, um, Jessica. I see Susan. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I do just want to express some concern with the amount of time that the Nevada Street um, Safe Routes to School project has been lingering and, you know, kind of think about our responsibility to TAM and kind of our track record with, you know, we were able to get a grant for this project. Um, and I think it's just getting bogged down in um, the process. So I would really love to see a schedule, you know, and school is starting and it's a safe route to school project. Um, so we've had the money, I think for over a year, I understand there's concern about removal of parking, but we've been talking about it as a pilot. So it's, you know, shouldn't be that impactful. Um, if it doesn't work and it really has negative impacts, we can, can, Put it back. I mean, if that's not what we're talking about anymore, I guess we need to know that. But I think some kind of a schedule would be really helpful because I worry that our money is just going to disappear with the amount of time that Freezy and others are taking, presenting more than once to the Planning Commission and coming to this body, etc. So I guess I'm not really being very solution oriented here, but I'm expressing some frustration and I would love to see a schedule um, if we can get one. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. And uh, urgency, you know, there's there's urgency now. Um, yes, uh, I think uh, COVID kind of helped us take our time because we're like, oh, this the school, there's nobody driving to the school. Well, that's, that's now over. Oops. <laughs> uh, David. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe I'm reading between the lines where I shouldn't, but maybe what I heard Kevin say is, is the micro and knowing this project is the micro surfacing part of the project would allow us to stretch our money in in this project and i know one of the one of the costs that we might not have had enough money to do was to move the center line if we're micro sealing the the surface then we can you know the center line repainting would be part of the micro surfacing project and not the Safe Routes to School project. And so, you know, if we can do that, then we can preserve some of the parking and provide a, a bike, you know, a bike lane. Unfortunately, it probably wouldn't be a buffered bike lane, but, you know, a, a two-way bike lane next to the sidewalk and, and not impact parking, I guess, um, as an alternate. Thanks, David. Um, Kieran, your hand. Yeah, uh, Kevin, thank you for seeking the additional funding on this effort. I think that micro seal will be great. 
Um, I'm similar to some of the other comments. I'm quite keen to know, at least have a sketch of what format we're actually going to be putting down on the street when it's time to put that striping. I heard a lot of energy last time from committee members and the public around the buffer idea, which was basically a new layout, narrowing lanes, maintaining essentially all of the parking, except with maybe some daylighting and creating a buffer for, call, let's call it a future raised bikeway when we have funding for it. So I would love to know if there's still energy around that because it seemed like a win-win in many ways. And if we can cement that as the design of record, that, that feels like a, a good next step to me. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Thanks for bringing that up. I, I like that too. Uh, I see David Finan has joined us and he's the principal that I talked about him. Uh, David, if, if you're there, I've asked you to unmute, show your video, you see that? Hey, welcome, David. Hey there, guys. I am so sorry I'm late. Um, there's only two things that would keep me from you, my boss and Mary Jane Burke, the superintendent of schools for the county, and Mary Jane called. So um, sorry about that, Aaron, that I'm late. Um, no worries. I'm glad to have you here. You know, just I just want to say, and I'm way new to this game here, um, literally I had to drive to Sausalito and have Aaron – drive me around in his car and show me um, every just different piece of this puzzle, including all the way up at the top of Nevada by the uh, Rodeo uh, entrance, uh, if you will, to the freeway. So um, uh, not a lot to share. What I did want to share, first of all, is I, I just appreciate um, that there's this group that's talking about this. And without appearing critical, because I don't mean it in that way at all, I, I do think um, I think it's important to say that um, I was um, pretty surprised at the, the um, either the faded nature of the crosswalks and slow school uh, signage on the on the uh, roadways around uh, the school, um, and or literally some were just basically gone. There's a couple right by the uh, drop-up area on Buchanan that Aaron has helped set up. I'm sure perhaps with some of you. Uh, that used to say slow school, and now you can maybe see like that there might have been an S and a W there at the, at one point. So, um, you know, there's so many moving pieces with your work, and I'm respectful of that. But I would appeal um, to you to see if there's a way before August 23rd um, that at minimum that kind of striping can get done. Uh, if not the the Nevada Street um, project that that uh, Aaron told me about today. That's beyond my level of expertise or knowledge, but I do know that when we have cars come up by a school, we would love for the, the signage that's typically around a school, and due to, including the crosswalks, to be really bright and, and really prevalent. Yes, thank you, David, for... for um for detail on that and and kevin i'm just wondering if there's a way that we could um could make that if if the, if we could get some painting if there would be a way we could make that easier for for, for the department um by just maybe inventorying it if granted it would just be probably just redoing what was already there but uh but just getting some paint um to, to bring out those those slow school school uh, crossing and that yeah, that, yeah seems that seems very appropriate, especially before school starts, regardless, regardless of the condition of the roadway. Of the roadway uh, uh, let me double check with our maintenance group to find out if we can touch those up at a minimum. At a minimum. 
And if we and have, if any, have luck, any luck, yeah, maybe we'll get that micro seal down early. early but, but, uh, I agree with you. Agree with you. Let's see if we can touch it up. Yeah, and when he says micro seal, David, he means on Nevada Street. You know, in Nevada Street, just is the 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 asphalt is just uh, crumbling, so it just needs uh, um, some some nice new asphalt, and then the lines that'll go on there will then pop out and make it better, and then a lot of the daylighting and everything that we're looking for will, will be on. So, excellent. And then my other question would be just, uh, and again, you know more about this than me, Aaron. That that white line that's on the curb that stops probably 20 feet before it turns red, which uh, I thought it was, oh, they must have decided that would be a parking spot, which, of course, couldn't be in the worst spot because it's right at the front of the mm -hmm. of the line, if you will, the drop-off line. If someone chooses to park there, currently now it looks like they can, yeah. um, then there'll be a car that people will have to go around that car to, to get out to the corner. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably a thing, frankly, that I could get my, um, my maintenance and uh, you know, operations guy to just go out there with spray paint, but I don't know how badly you want us painting your curves. Right, exactly. No. No, that's no, nice, that's but, nice, but no thanks, no thanks at, this at this point. If we're going <laughs> to touch it, touch up, it up, let's let let's our, let DPW our DPW guys, DPW guys, guys take care of it. Yeah, perfect. So, so, David, let's let's uh, let's build a list and make sure that those things that we that we think uh, just. By the way, everybody, it will be a car-free campus. We'll be using the drive to Mollusk, Watery, Buchanan, use the, use the drop-off, the, the white drop zone, airport-style entry-exit as, uh, as was designed. Um, and the, the uh, roundabouts uh, access would be you know, uh, prioritized for busts and, and accessibility. So um, at least that's what we discussed today and, and David. David uh, reached out and he was like, I'm looking at that roundabout and I can't make sense of how we would make that work. And I said, neither could I, let's keep them out of there. And so um, I think we'll, uh, I, hopefully David, um, with all the work and experience I have, I can take that burden away from you because you got so many things to take on to get this new school started. So thank you. Yeah, well, thanks to everybody here. And yeah, whatever we can do to support, there's a, a lot to do on that site, but if we can get the kids to and from safely, that's the, the first priority. Yeah, absolutely. And there is, uh, uh, we have a, uh, a transportation working group that's meeting monthly uh, beyond the Sausalito Safe House to Schools Task Force. And there's a lot of really good discussion about the school buses um, being uh, implemented, basically. There's going to be um, probably some. Uh, leasing of, uh, of another bus that's already coming through town um, for private schools and everything. So it's good news on that as well, uh, more bus opportunities, and, uh, and then hopefully we'll continue just to add um, to the safe routes to school. Also want to recommend that we're building a map that says, hey, children are supposed to walk through MLK, cross Coloma, where there is no crosswalk. And, uh, and that's um, something that we have to be concerned about. Safe routes to school is saying go and cross the street mid block where there's no where there's no um, safe real real identified. Uh, there's not even a look slow down for children sign or anything. So there's probably some those are those are something that um, I'm going to put uh, Jessica if you'll help me follow up and make sure that we get that on the August agenda. That'd be great. Cool. Uh, I think this is enough for Nevada. Uh, open it up for public comment if anybody would like to speak regarding Nevada Street. I see no hands being raised. And so we will move on to 5C, our uh, um, 
hot topic for the evening, I would call it. Um, I'm going to, there we go, Garrett is unmuted. Is that right, Garrett? It is. Can you hear me okay, guys? Hey, Garrett. Welcome. Excellent. Everybody, this is uh, this is Garrett with uh, with Bert, and he's the person that reached out to us and said, hey, we'd, we'd be interested in, in coming into Sausalito. And uh, I believe you have a presentation for us today? Yeah, I, can, I, I know we're running a little bit behind schedule, so don't want to take too much of your time. But I, I do have a quick presentation that's going to be really high level. It's more going to talk about day-to-day -day operations, our innovative, innovative solutions, um, and really our new operating model that we uh, allows us to operate in the smaller to mid-sized markets. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Bird, large metropolitan cities, obviously San Francisco. Uh, we've kind of pivoted our, our business model and now uh, are able to provide micro mobility services uh, in uh, communities like Sausalito uh, by actually partnering with a, a local entrepreneur, someone who actually lives in Sausalito, who knows the community, kind of knows uh, what uh, would help the transportation network in Sausalito, and they would be running day-to-day -day operations. So just gonna run you through that. Uh, but again, I am Garrett Gronowski. Uh, I've been with Bert for three and a half years. We pioneered this whole electric uh, micromobility scooter space four years ago. So I've been implementing uh, scooter micromobility programs for three and a half years at the university and city level. So really here as a resource and education tool as you guys navigate this new form of transportation. I will share my screen right now. And then can everyone see that? Yeah. Excellent. As you, uh, just a, a high level overview of what Bird is. Obviously, we're last mile stand up electric scooter. Um, we, we, we pioneered this space because uh, we wanted to get more cars off the road. We truly believe that any car ride under two miles uh, is an unnecessary car trip. Of course, our vehicle to supplement that is the electric scooter. Um, the community should really look at uh, the electric scooter as uh, an extension of the, the bike infrastructure that you do have, but obviously with a little bit more hard control over where uh, these are allowed, which I will be able to jump into as well. How it works is you would download our Bird app. Uh, you would go through a series of tutorials, really walking you through what Bird is, what are the rules, the regulations, uh, really the scooter etiquette uh, that you should be expecting when riding a Bird scooter. Um, after that, you, uh, you do have to be 18 years or older to operate a Bird scooter as well. After that, you pull it up, you'll see a city map of uh, the city of Sausalito, of course, and uh, that would be the operating zone. We can tailor that operating zone to allow or not allow uh, the bird scooters to go wherever uh, the city administration really wants to see them within the city limits. Uh, to see, we would be starting with a micro fleet of bird scooters in Sausalito. So obviously in San Francisco, there's hundreds if not thousands of bird scooters. We would start with about 25 in Sausalito, slowly grow that to 50, and then uh, really look at utilization and supply and demand to see uh, where we need to fulfill um, more scooters to be a more reliable source of transportation. But after you open up the app, you see the operating zone within the city limits. Uh, the, the Bird logo would represent a, an available Bird scooter to rent and to ride. It is a dollar to unlock and then 30 cents per minute after that. We are a dockless model. No additional infrastructure needs to be implemented for us to run operations. Uh, there's no financial burden. There's no operational burden on the city side of things. Um, so once the rider does uh, unlock their ride, it is a dockless model. Uh, so they would be riding these scooters where birds are, uh, bikes are allowed. 
Um, so in the bike lanes and we'll be parking them in that furnishing zone. So that furnishing loader, loading zone or at existing bike racks as well. After the rider is done uh, with their uh, initial ride, they then have to take a picture to confirm that they're in an okay parking location. This one allows us to imply incentives if they parked in a recommended parking location, which I can show you about. And two, um, allows us to get an educational touch point if that parking uh, location is not up to our standard. Uh, there's uh, uh, various ways for the community to give us uh, proactive feedback in real time as well. The vehicle itself will have a, a phone number and email address. And two, uh, there's actually an in-app uh, feature called community mode that we built for residents in these communities uh, to give us feedback in real time. That will actually talk to that local point of contact, that local entrepreneur, and the bird team as well. Um, so obviously giving that feedback and really a great uh, opportunity to innovate and uh, build this program as we go. Obviously we're a data company at our core, so the longer we run operations, the more trends we see, the more feedback we're uh, able to get. And it's a really easy lift for us to make adjustments to uh, operating zones, those preferred parking locations, uh, the initial parking locations, and of course geofence areas. Geofence areas are layers of GPS that we can control the scooters within. Um, at full operation, these scooters go 15 miles per hour. But if, if there is an area uh, like the discussion of today where there's a, a, a problematic road area where maybe there's too many bikes, we can throttle down the speed of a bird scooter all, anywhere from zero to 15 miles per hour. If we do throttle it down to zero miles per hour, uh, the, the individual would have to get off and walk the bird scooter. Of course, we don't walk the scooter uh, for safety concerns, but it would be termed utterly useless. Usually when we do throttle it down all the way to zero, that individual will get off, park that bird and continue on foot the rest of the way. Or we can throttle down just to 10 miles per hour, a safer crossing of intersections, just so it's not at that full capacity speed as well. This would be the bird scooter itself that you'd be seeing on the streets. <laughs> they are all uh, obviously electric scooters, so uh, they don't make any noise, but they all have bells for warnings. Um, they have a, a headlights, uh, backlights, brake lights. Um, I'll obviously be able to share this as I, I, I did send it to Aaron before the call. Uh, you can kind of dig into that and let me know if you have any additional questions on the vehicle itself. Transportation benefits, as uh, we kind of all know uh, when it comes to sustainable form of transportation, but really just helping with the connectivity um, and really getting the community back out into the community. Obviously, uh, this is a tool that tourists utilize a lot, but residents really do in these small to mid-sized markets as well. You really know uh, Sausalito better than anyone. So if you're trying to run down to the market or grab a lunch and it's at peak rush hour, you know there's not gonna be any parking uh, available. And instead of making that a 15 minute trip, you can jump on a bird scooter, go down, grab your groceries or grab your lunch or come back uh, and obviously not have to look for parking. Obviously you just park a bird scooter in that furnishing zone. Uh, you can either lock it, that continues your ride um, and that deems that scooter yours until further notice, or you can end your ride, but at that time, uh, a different individual could come and begin their uh, ride as well. How we've been able to localize operations and provide and really extend our reach into markets such as Sausalito is we partner up with a local entrepreneur. So this individual would be someone who lives in Sausalito, a business owner, someone who would be great at running scooter operations, who has a really a background in mechanic work, transportation, logistics. 
um, and just kind of want to take you through a day in the life of this local individual. That's going to really help paint the picture of a bird scooter from sunup to sundown. Uh, they are charged behind closed doors, so each and every night they are removed from the streets. Um, so operations are usually about 6 a.m. To, to midnight, 11. Um, really, again, customizable by the city. If you do open up the bird app outside of those operating hours, there'd be nothing available to rent and to ride. Uh, at that time, the local individual takes them back to their workshop. Uh, they'll be charging them up to 100%. Uh, a fully charged bird can get about 30 mile range, um, but also maintaining them and uh, making sure they're in uh, aesthetically looking uh, pleasing uh, areas as well. First things first is they are strategically placed around 6 or 7 a.m. in high demand areas or areas where we think they best serve the community. This initial parking spot is called nest locations. Um, and a nest location, uh, the city administration can recommend where these nest locations go. The community can recommend where these nest locations go. But of course, at the end of the day, we are a data company as well, as I mentioned. And as we run operations, we'll have tools where we can actually see where people are opening up the bird app looking for um, uh, a bird uh, that we can see where they've been starting bird rides and finishing those locations as well. The city administration will also have access to a city dashboard where you'll be able to see from a bird's eye view in real time where the birds are located uh, and then trip details. So where the bird rides have started, how did they get to the point uh, and then where it ended as well. So giving you some hard data behind the sustainable use of, uh, of transportation as well. Throughout the day, um, this local point of contact will be in the streets running ground operations, getting multiple touch points on these scooters, uh, which is really the main difference from this operating model to what maybe you've seen in San Francisco in the past. Um, so number one, they will be rebalancing, um, and that is a bird phrase for moving the scooters from low demand areas back to those high demand areas where we know they best serve the community. So if someone does take it from um, the downtown area to a residence, we love that they're using it as that last mile solution, but also know probably not best serving the community uh, sitting in front of a house as well. So we would uh, notify that local point of contact in real time saying bird XYZ at this location has been deemed in a, a low demand area. They'll go to pick it up, put it back into one of those nest locations that we talked about before. At this time, again, making sure they're in good working condition, looking good as well. Um, and also whenever they get a touch, they're moving it to a parking location. Uh, then at the end of the day, operations again usually go until about 11 or, or midnight. At that time, they'll be taken off the map. Uh, the local fleet manager will collect them as well. And then throughout the day, if a rider does mark a bird damage, again in real time, that local point of contact will be notified to pick it up, take it back to the workshop, perform the repair, um, and, and, and once it's good to go, it'll go back onto the street. Talking more on that customer service that I mentioned before, so there is a phone number and email address on every vehicle that would be in the community that the, the community can um, uh, correspond and communicate with Bird and that local fleet manager. Um, but really, the best resource for you is going to excuse me is going to be that community mode that talks in real time to the local point of contact and your city account manager. So you can report any bad behavior. So if you are seeing a, a bird scooter that's parked in an area that you don't think it should be, take a picture of it that automatically communicates to us. We then use our technology and our GPS to see who that last rider was. We then reach out to them for an educational touch point as well. Of course, if there is repeated offenses, we can assess fines, suspensions, and expulsions from the app. 
Um, but this is really going to be the best tool for the community to use to help us tailor this program to, to best serve you guys. Just some other innovation uh, solutions for cities. We do have warm-up mode. So if it is one of your first times getting on the bird scooter, if you put it in warm-up mode, it won't go to 50 miles per hour. If you put the throttle all the way down, it's more like seven to eight miles per hour as you get used to operating one. Um, and then parking management. This is how we really incentivize and educate riders on where to park, which I'll go into more right here. So uh, on top of those nest locations, that initial parking spot, we can also implement recommended parking areas. So this would, uh, once you open up the app, you would obviously see where the birds are available, but we can also implement preferred parking areas. They'd also see where we want them to park the bird scooters. Now these could be uh, all of the bike infrastructure that you have in Sausalito. So every bike rack could be implemented from a preferred parking area. So they see that from a bird's eye view. So even if it was behind that store where maybe they're not seeing it and utilizing it, at least they have that visual in their head when they get there like, hey, there should be a parking here. Maybe it's around the corner as well. Again, we can always put in in-app messaging uh, for the community as well. So when you open up the bird app, you'd be hit with a message. You do then have to acknowledge it beforehand and then you'd be able to rent into ride. But this is kind of the flow of that preferred parking area. Again, we can incentivize by giving discounts for parking in those areas. So once you do get there, you get that okay that you, you park in that preferred parking area. You'll get 25 cents off your ride. Uh, that last photo is that end of ride photo. Again, deeming that you are there. Again, always there for an educational touch point if need be. Now I will open it up for any questions, concerns, words of wisdom. Again, this is really just more of an informational uh, first meeting as we kind of navigate this this new space. Yeah, yeah Garrett, thank you for the presentation. Uh, I'll also just let you and, and the public know that we uh, that you were kind enough to give us a couple of uh, zeros that are uh, charging in my garage, and uh, many of uh, of the people joining here tonight were. Um, uh, joined me for a cruise around Sausalito. So I would love to open it up and, and hear what you uh, all have to say. Um, you know, Regan, Kieran, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off and, and uh, I have an opinion obviously, but I uh, would love to, to hear about the experience that you guys might've had. David, you want to start? Kieran, anybody? David, there you go. I see a hand. Be brave and start. Yes. Um, sure. You know, I, seeing as I think right now, our bus is are about one hour schedules. I, I you know, my immediate use for as a as a resident would be to try to fill in that those gaps. Um, you know, because Bridgeway is really the most convenient place to ride these. A lot of our hills, the zero is is a little bit underpowered to get up and down hills, unless you're under 150 pounds probably. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so, but I, you know, as for a cust for a community amenity, it's really, I think is, is allowing residents to access one end of the town or another, you know, going from, from old town to downtown or over to Caledonia street to, you know, get lunch or something like that would be, a, you know, what I see is, is where it would be useful. Um, you know, some of my, I mean, some of my concerns are, as we saw next door, there's a lot of concerns about co conflicts with pedestrians and 
um, and also parking. And I would note that our current bicycle parking ordinance also covers powered scooters. Um, and, it, and it has pretty aggressive fines for parking a scooter in the wrong place downtown. Um, and uh, which we have enforced in the past. I mean, maybe Stacy has some comments on that later, but uh, it's, it's, it's a $25 fine for placing it in, in an inappropriate place. And if it's causing a safety issue, then the, then the police department may confiscate and it's a $100 fine. So there's, you know, rather hefty uh, uh, carrot, uh, you know, sticks involved with not placing them in the right, you know, parking uh, scooter in the wrong place. Um, uh, and we have downtown, we really have limited places right now where you could park a scooter uh, legally. Um, we probably have about two or three places. Uh, <laughs> whether we want to expand that, I guess that, that would be an ex you know another discussion at some point. But right now, uh, Tracy Way, the B of A parking lot are pretty much the only places you can legally park powered scooter downtown and, and some bike racks that are on in the lots lot three lot three and four i guess um, so uh, it's something to be aware of if someone's looking at implementing uh a you know a scooter plan yeah thanks thanks david hey uh garrett um since i think others will be bringing it up uh david david mentioned the the discussion the, the um, passionate discussion that was on uh, next door and some of the reputation that Bird has with, uh, where, you know, the launch down in Los, in Los Angeles area and all that kind of thing. I was wondering if you wanted to, uh, you know, maybe directly um, communicate about that. Um, if there's any, any, you know, anything. Certainly, I think there is a reputation that that was earned by Bird. And has anything changed, for example, or is it really the same? Yeah, and you guys would obviously be reaping the benefits for us running the business for four years um, and, and really hearing what the city and consumer had to say. Uh, when we first launched San Francisco and Los Angeles, we were literally buying scooters off the shelves in China, putting them on the streets and just getting ridership. So we didn't have really the ability to talk to these scooters like we do now. We haven't implemented all of these solutions. Um, now all of our uh, vehicles are, are manufactured and built in-house. Um, so that our proprietary technology, and we're really are looking um, at as the city as our customer now. So that's why we're on a call now. Uh, four years ago, we probably would have just put birds in Sausalito and see what would have happened. We know that it's not a successful business model to uh, operate by. So we, we want to connect with the city, see kind of what the interest level is, where these areas of our concern are. Um, even expanding more on that just recently is this fleet manager model, this micro fleet. So uh, we used to outsource um, in 1099 individuals to help us uh, fix them and, and pick them up and charge them. Um, of course, this was unreliable if it's not their full-time job and their, their compensation is not that incentivized. Um, now we are working with a local point of contact. They are going through multiple weeks of training um, to get ready to be operating and managing these fleet of bird scooters. Uh, they also go through an extensive onboarding process and being selected as well, making sure they are a strong enough candidate. So we now have just a single point of contact, getting multiple touch points on these scooters each and every day. Uh, and then of course, just having some hard data and control over uh, this transportation that, uh, uh, option. Uh, it's always nice when it's app-based so we can always throw additional messaging and 
impact the community and even the tourists as possible when they are operating that. So the business model has significantly changed um, and that's why it's really important to educate these new communities on really what are the resources, what are our solutions, and really what do day-to-day -day operations look like because it really is night and day from what it was four years ago. Cool, well, I think that, that answers to it. And, and of course, that was just one of the many concerns that were brought up, um, but uh, but maybe it won't be what we saw in the past. Wouldn't, you're not trying to do that same thing to Sausalito yeah. and, and that certainly, um, you know, but will require uh, some marketing, I think, on uh, the bird's part and the entrepreneur's part on who takes this on to say, hey, this is this is a different kind of representation uh, than you might have seen, uh, Regan. Uh, thank you. I I was able to ride the scooter with Aaron, and it was a really fun experience. And and amazingly, we were able to get up to the Spencer um, on ramp to 101 from Bridgeway. So it is possible. Um, my foot hurt ringing after that. The next day, my foot hurt. Actually. Yeah, well, we did have to do a little kicking. But um, <laughs> my concern, uh, I have a lot of observations that I can make another time, but my main concern is with, with regard to safety. Uh, Aaron and I are both uh, inveterate cyclists and have a lot of good balance skills and whatever, but I found them unstable, and I'd be concerned about an unskilled operator, somebody getting on one for the first time, a tourist, for example, who gets off the ferry, wants to use this thing, and is riding um, in unfamiliar streets. And the stability is, is such that it's kind of a dangerous situation. Second, um, you have to hold on to those bars with both hands. And yet there are no signals no, no turn signals that uh, I was aware of to indicate that you're going to switch lanes or make a turn. So I would ask, how is it that you intend to uh, in implement a, a safe environment such that somebody could move into a turn lane and make a left turn um, under the, the current circumstances? I, I just can't imagine somebody taking their left hand off of the uh the bars to make that that turn signal Jared, any any answer to that yeah and regarding the stability of it um obviously I, i'm not unsure on what the condition of the vehicles that you were riding around uh the bird three uh, is our third oldest model right now uh, but obviously the footboard has been something that has been improving over time along with the tires as well so that is why one, we implemented that warm-up mode. So if you are unfamiliar with riding an electric scooter, um, you have that chance to without going full speed. Um, we just had a safety report come out as well that statistically speaking, uh, there were less crashes on the e-scooters than bicycles in uh, the city's list and that I can definitely share that safety report with as well. Um, but again, this always comes down with education. We do not have turn signals. And yes, I would agree with Wigan, you do not want to lift uh, one arm off uh, when the vehicle is moving. If you're stopped, you can definitely signal then. Um, but it's really going to come down to some brainstorming um, with Bird in the city of Sausalito on how best you would want to see that implemented regarding the turn signal, since I know that is an area of concern. Okay, got it. Uh, Sandra. Um, uh, yeah, thank you so much for that presentation. 
uh, Garrett. Uh, it was, you know, very helpful. I also rode the scooters, and I have experience riding them all the time. Um, and I think that in general, I they're a really great opportunity for first last mile or just small trips around town, especially in South Salito, um, where you essentially do need a car or your bicycle um, if you're trying to do small trips. I recommend, uh, my recommendations are that we would think about um, before launching anything, some sort of education campaign. We People are already up in arms uh, and we're also getting a lot of different emails. And I think it's important for people to, to be, their thoughts to be acknowledged and for us to present uh, the benefits of micromobility. And along those lines, I think they have very legitimate complaints around uh, what is going to be shared. So you already have minimal space for pedestrians. You have questionably minimal space for cyclists. Um, we can't even get a bike lane um, on, on our roads right now um, on a school street. Um, so the, if we were to launch uh, scooters anytime soon, they're just going to be sort of out in what exists. Um, so once again, continuously in that gray space. Uh, so there's much for us to think about in terms of preparation. Um, those are just generally my thoughts. I'd love for you to share that safety report, Garrett, if you could just throw it into the chat or no, I guess there's no chat or just follow up. Um, and I'd love to learn more in detail about the local entrepreneur program. Um, so a yeah. little bit more information around that. Yeah, I will share uh, that, that report that I uh, was referencing with Aaron after the call and he can distribute it to you all. I'll also include our link to our our local fleet manager page where one, you can sign up to become a fleet manager, but again, gives a more in-depth um, synopsis of what the fleet manager entails as well. Awesome, thank you so much. And then my last recommendation is to, um, to uh, socialize this idea with a couple more important groups or um, like one that comes to mind, for example, is uh, Salsalitos, equity and inclusivity uh, agenda or that you sort of have those once in a while um, spontaneously at a city level it'd be interesting to, to pass this idea by them to see how we can incorporate um, equity goals into a micromobility pilot yeah the more exposure awareness and education the better obviously uh, getting in front of as many committees and getting this message out to the public uh, and really just updating them uh, on really what bird is now uh, instead of what bird was four years ago is really important as well. That's good. Thank you, Sandra. Um, Kieran. Hi. Yeah, so you know, a few conceptual comments to start, just the big picture. That anything that take, takes cars off the road and replaces it with a more sustainable trip is awesome. And I think scooters have a potential to play a role in that. I have a chance to go for a ride on these. I had a lot of fun. Uh, so I think that potential is out there. So I'm really excited in the big picture. The, the current version, you know, the version that we tested, can't get to my home. Uh, could, you know, questionable going down the hill if, if one happened to be at my home, but cannot get to my house, at least. Uh, pulling my sizable, but not too sizable body up the hill. 
And, you know, for me, and which means just for me, it does not have utility. Uh, and the same would go for most people who live a certain amount up the hill, kind of regardless of all of the other factors that may lead them to use this service or not. And once you've eliminated a significant amount of the population, this is really going to be looked at as purely a tourist serving facility capability. Um, not that there's anything at fault with that, but it feels like really the win here is having it serve everyone and in particular serve the residents because the reality is the people who come off the ferry and get a bird there's actually no incremental sustainability with that they probably would have just walked around Sausalito and instead now they're going to take a, a bird and do something extra but it's actually not taking a car off the road what takes cars off the road is serving residents that i don't go down to caledonia street drive around um, look for a parking spot pull out of a dangerous undaylight sex uh, intersection between Caledonia and Bridgeway. All that goes away. It's just me on a scooter zipping down there, zipping back for some dinner that I picked up for my family. And so that's where I would like to see this program go. Uh, it's not there yet based on what we've seen. There's a lot of other good um, commentary from the public and I'd love to get to that soon. Um, but yeah, those are my general reactions of like great concept. Um, what I've seen so far doesn't appear to be serving the residents and getting us that sustainability that we want. Yep, absolutely. And we, we definitely have fielded that and are already looking into additional solutions. And uh, with that bird zero vehicle, you're completely correct. That operating zone would probably not go all the way up the hill, uh, probably where you live, uh, just because the torque of it is not strong enough. Again, this is our third oldest model now. Uh, we just released the, our bird three um, that is now available in Santa Monica, which has dual brakes, extra tor torque, kind of um, all the bells and whistles that could make this um, sustainable in, in Sausalito. So we're hopeful that if we are and do get operational go, uh, that maybe we have a variety fleet where obviously our bird zeros that we usually supply with this local fleet manager in the smaller, uh, smaller to mid-sized market, but also uh, given the landscape and geography of Sausalito, maybe throw in uh, like one fifth of the newer scooters that could make it up that hill. So definitely fielding and kind of working with our, our vehicle team to see how we could um, fix that solution. But of course, um, it, it is a work in progress, right? Thanks, Karen. That was well said. Um, Susan, I'd love to hear from you if you'd be willing to share. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still I was really interested to hear everyone's thoughts, and I think this issue is still evolving. Um, and I think my main concern is, are two things. One, well, three, sorry, <laughs> thinking on the fly here. Um, one is our infrastructure needs um, significant upgrading, I, I guess, one and two are our safety and infrastructure. And I guess they kind of go hand in hand. But our infrastructure, you know, right now, some of our streets, Gerard, you know, for example, that Kevin listed as one of the streets um, that's concrete and most in need of, you know, significant upgrades is the street that I use on my bike to get up the hill. And there's one little sliver of Gerard where there's, it was sealed after some kind of undergrounding thing that I can use but otherwise if you're not on that strip you know it's super bumpy and really uncomfortable um, and safety you know I think um, 
Regan mentioned, you know, I think inexperienced writers are going to have a hard time, time with safety. Um, you know, the other is the first mile, last mile, and I would really want this to be a resident serving um, use as opposed to a tourist attraction. Uh, we have plenty of people who are biking here already. We, you know, I think we've got plenty to do for tourists. So how to kind of organize that to make the most sense for uh, residents of the 94965 to replace car trips with micromobility trips is, I think, the real challenge. I'm interested, I'm, I think, as I've mentioned before, I'm on the board of the Transportation Authority of Marin as a city council member, and they are doing a pilot with shared e-bikes in the north of Marin connected to the smart train. And I'd love to see kind of how that pilot um, works and kind of what kind of data they are able to collect on that and also just kind of weigh what type of micromobility would work best here in Sausalito. So, you know, I, scooters are fun. They're, um, they are replacing auto trips and, and for that, worked extensively on scooters in my day job in San Francisco. You know, I recognize all the upsides and a lot of downsides. So, you know, I think we've got, I just think we have some more thinking to do on this. And, you know, I don't have a definitive, you know, let's go for it, let's not go for it right now, but appreciate Bird coming and asking and um, kind of being open to hearing um, about the issues and um, answering questions. I think that's a huge step um, from the original model. Um, so appreciate Garrett you being here tonight and um, being receptive to that. That's a great, great approach. I appreciate that. Well said, and, uh, and thanks for bringing up the, uh, the smart pilot going on up north. That's really great too. Uh, Jessica, your hand, please. Yeah, I, I would just like to kind of second a lot of what's been said. I, I feel like there's a, a lot of value in making sure that we connect this first and last mile for the residents in particular. Um, I, I do have my concerns about them clogging the downtown area um, if it is kind of used primarily for tourists. But I think that by encouraging more um, more of our community to be able to see that there are options is just a really valuable piece. So whether that is in the future of having a pilot project launched, um, I would be in support of something of that sort, but there are some logistics that need to get figured out that meet Sausalito criteria specifically. So thank you for coming and presenting. Awesome. And I would love it if, if Stacy, uh, Lieutenant Gregory, if, if you could share a little bit of uh, your perspective since you, you've, uh, your team has to deal with a lot of, a lot of the cyclists and and uh, and some of the, a lot of the mess that already happens down there. So, yeah, I definitely agree with the concept of getting people out of cars. You know, I certainly agree that they're fun because I've been on them. Um, but I would be concerned about the safety issue. Um, you know, I don't think there's any way for us to keep tourists off them, and you know, those one-time users aren't going to care where they leave it. Um, so, you know, my main concern is the congestion that we already have and um, adding to that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's well said, thank you. 
Um, yeah, you guys covered it all really well. Um, all, uh, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is fun. Like that was, oh, this is fun. I had many people say fun. You guys look like you're 12 again. You know, that's, that's really great. But again, it's like, if I want fun, I'll, I'll go buy my own toys and cruise around. What I really care about is the first and last mile. I mean, I think that's really key because that's what this scooter can do. It can't bring us across the Golden Gate Bridge. This is not a fleet that's going to mingle with another fleet. And I think that there's something to be said about that. I mean, I could see where there would be an advantage if we had a fleet that was commingling with San Francisco since we're just on the other side. We could be doing a, hey, take the ferry over and take take a uh, micromobility back in the reverse direction. That would actually reduce a lot of the congestion that we have and uh, helping the flow that way. So those are things that you could consider, but yet these scooters aren't necessarily there. If I understand correctly, electric uh, mobility is not allowed on the bridge. Um, the absolute uh, blocker for the zero is the braking, the pulsating braking on the downhills. It's just not safe and it's not something I would approve. So we need to have a trial on the better um, hardware. Um, would love to, uh, to work with that. I just wouldn't approve uh, any of the zeros in Sausalito because they're got, they got to come up the hills. Uh, we live on the hills and, and we're going to go down the hills. I don't know that we need to go down every hill, but we're going to go down some of them. And those, those pulsating brakes are like nothing I'm, I'm used and I'm a skilled rider. Um, the hand concern, hand signals. Uh, I, I want a hand signal. I, I'm a hand signaler. I just, I'm a courteous biker and I can't do it uh, safely on that. And that, that makes me concerned. Speed concerns. I was cruising around. I was having fun. Um, uh, I slow down for other people, but I don't think first time users do that. And I think that's something to be said that you jump on these scooters and they, um, they kind of, they, they, they can, um, they can enable uh, people that, that haven't earned the respect for what it is, the vehicle that they're actually on. So I have concerns about that. Really, that's any shared mobility, but I think bicycles tend to uh, to um, be more familiar to people. So the scooter can kind of enable that. That's that fun component again. Um, the parking concerns, obviously uh, having the right spots, having them lay around. We don't have that space that you talked about on the sidewalks. Our sidewalks are five feet. So that's a problem. Um, on top of that, infrastructure 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 we don't have bike lanes so now this thing's out in the, in the road with the others the is really bumpy we need pneumatic tires can't have the rubber tires we got to be able to do that wanting to get up to spencer there's so many cars up at spencer where the spencer bus pad is in the marine airport we need to we need to have micro mobility that gets us up there i realize that these scooters may, maybe no scooter would do it but a electric bicycle can and I would love to see the number of cars reduced up there um, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, zone restrictions, again, the Golden Gate Bridge, I think is really key um, to, to really get that going. And um, yeah, those are, those are, that's kind of my, my bulleted list. I really, really appreciate the, um, that Bird reached out and has the interest to come here. And I think that this, uh, if we look at this as being a long-term relationship, you know, and how do we get this to work? Um, and while still then working on the marketing, then how can we get the micromobility in Sausalito? Um, so I'm interested in, in helping with that as, as we continue going on. Uh, Regan. Hi, thank you. I just have two more comments. I think what you've presented, Garrett, is a brilliant pivot 
from the original uh, business model. I think it's really amazing that you're now having local representatives sort of clean up the streets uh, because that is a main concern of a lot of people that, who have expressed to me that they don't want to see scooters cluttering up our streets. Um, but I, I know we've talked about a couple of advantages of this first and last mile issue. And, and I think we need to think that through. I mean, what is the use case for a resident on the hill? The use case is maybe to go to the ferry or go, to, go downtown or something and then get back up to their house. But if there aren't any scooters near their home, how are they going to do that? They have to first get to the scooter. And that, so that half of that equation is, is unsolved. And I think we have to figure that out. I, th I think at the same time as I'm applauding the idea that somebody would be coming around and collecting those, those scooters off of the streets, the residential areas, that sort of takes away the ability of the resident to use it to get downtown for a quick errand or to get to the ferry and, and go to work. So it's really more of a last mile that we're talking about rather than a first and last mile. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I, I do want to compliment you on um, how you're rethinking the whole strategy because I think a lot of the thought that's going into that is, is really powerful. And if the engines become more powerful, it's going to be all the better. Thank you. <laughs> engines, yeah, I love it. Okay, Kevin Carroll, please. Uh, I, I muted you. Yeah, hi. Um, just, I think, I'm not against scooters. Uh, I want to start with that. I think they're a lot of fun, and I've used them in other places. And I don't think of them in terms of competition, because it's a totally different market. But what I'm hearing from local residents that I've talked to about it, um, where are they going to park? is the big issue. Uh, we have so many streets with absolutely no sidewalks. So if somebody takes it up the hill to their residence, where are they gonna leave it? There is no sidewalk on there. If you go around and, and look in San Francisco, and I was looking this morning in the Marina District, and I happen to be at Fisherman's Wharf, along uh, Jefferson Street, all of the half circle bike racks had scooters obviously had been placed there. They were all occupied with bird scooters. And I don't think we really have enough bicycle parking in Sausalito along like Caledonia Street as it is. Um, there's a rack at Molly's. I don't recall any at the Gateway Shopping Center. And I think maybe the first question that really needs to be answered by bird is where are these things gonna be parked? Um, in the city where I see them in the marina and uh, Chestnut Street, places like that, there, uh, that cable lock is put around parking meters, benches, and um, the signage for the parking regulations. Uh, and sometimes people kick them and knock them over on their side and they take up two or three feet of the sidewalk. Um, I just see that as a real issue. And I think if they come back though with a map showing us where the parking areas would be, would be a great help. Would locals be able to take them to the Gateway Shopping Center? 
that's out of our jurisdiction, that's county. Um, what about Cavallo Point? Uh, there are locals who go to Travis Marina Bar and to uh, Murray Circle Restaurant. Will they be able to use them to go back and forth from there? Um, and I know a big issue that we face, and I'd want the answer to, is what happens if we get a situation like Lake Merced, where there are people who throw them into the water for the heck of it? Who's responsible for those? Is the city responsible? Um, or will the provider be able to get those out of there? Will they have a, a way to retrieve them? Um, so again, I think there's some big questions that before this gets any farther really need to be answered. And, and the two big ones being, where are they gonna be parked around the city? Um, and how far will they be going in those directions? Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Um, yeah, I would think outside of my house, I would just park it in the parking spots on the street. You know, like that's where I'd put it. Or maybe down, down the street itself, your park. But I was just thinking I would just, you know, park it's a flat road, so it wouldn't fall over. But that would probably maybe start creating that congestion that makes people angry because they're like, wait a minute, where, where's the parking? Although there's enough parking on my street. Um, that was something that, that came to mind, but that's exactly um, what we got to figure out. And then also the wind blows really heavy here and these things are just going to get blown over. I mean, I know that because everything gets blown over. So, um, so that's Hurricane Gulch <laughs> where I live. Um, so Garrett, what, uh, you know, if you have any suggestion for next steps, certainly I would suggest that we should see the upgraded scooters if, and when you have them available, I realize they aren't available right now. But that would be the first thing that I would represent because I actually really am a strong believer in this micromobility, but um, I would need to see the hardware that can handle out of town. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it should definitely be on the agenda for next steps. And maybe if uh, you, you all can kind of put together a list of kind of must-haves or operational goes that you would like to see, I can then that back to our internal team and, and make sure that's doable on our end as well to still run uh, a successful program that obviously is gen generating enough revenues that makes sense for us to be there as well. Um, so I think just that operational list and then I, I can work with our vehicle team to see if we can get you a bird two or a bird three that I know will be able to handle those hails. Okay, got it. Yeah, because the bird twos are actually in San Francisco. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So, so that would also be an option if we can go to San Francisco. Yeah, it would most likely be the bird two that we could get to you. The bird three, I think, is only in three markets right now. So that would probably be 12 months from now. Um, yeah. So the bird two option, obviously, uh, is in San Francisco. It would just have to come down to allocating more to Sausalito. And Garrett, just to help you understand Sausalito time, it's a lot like being near a black hole. Time's going to slow down. So 12 months? Really? That fast? So... <laughs> Um, just something, something to think about. So, you know, in that, in that regards, 12 months is not that far away, especially when it's the right deployment. And that's the kind of mentality that I want to, that's the message I want to give you. You know, this isn't going to be an easy, uh, easy place to get into, but it, it will be a good one if we can get in because you will have a market with, uh, residents and tourists that, 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 that need it. Um, yeah, cool. Um, I guess with that in mind, I don't know that there's a need to do any vote. Uh, if anybody wants to make a motion, uh, we can, but otherwise I, I think we've got a good a next step there. 
and uh, we've gone super late, everybody. I apologize for, for, for taking everyone's time. Well, thank you for the time for letting me present and, and becoming more educated. Again, I'll connect with Aaron to provide additional collateral for education, and please use me as a resource as um, more additional questions, concerns, or words of wisdom pop up. Gary, uh, feel free to, to email PBAC, PBAC, at Sausalito.gov, and then everyone will have your email, and you can uh, interact directly with him. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Uh, thank you. All right. Hi, Garen. Cool, Kevin, thank you for, for uh, hanging through that. Um, and uh, you have some updates, I, I hope. Uh, yep, I'll make them fairly quick because of the lateness of the hour. I think the main one I wanted to cover this evening is that on June 30th, we're gonna have a public meeting in regards to a couple different things. One is the parklets in town. What are we, how are we going to transition between our current COVID uh, activities where we allowed parklets to be placed in the street to uh, transition to either be permanent parklets or or have them removed. So that's on June 30th. In addition, we're going to have a discussion on Caledonia Street. <clears throat> and that has to do with the closure that we've been talking about for quite a while. We are getting quite a few complaints about the closure on Caledonia Street, uh, some from the barbershop and other places of business that don't necessarily like the full closure aspect. So we wanna bring this back up to the public. If you remember, I think that Vicki Nichols actually brought it up to our group in, in our last meeting saying, hey, we should have this more in discussion as well. So we're gonna bring that back to um, a public forum and that's being led by Lily Whalen and myself on the 30th. So that's next week. And there are a couple other projects I just wanted to mention gate six is uh, basically not moving because we can't get equipment uh, similar to getting bike parts it seems like we can't seem to get the equipment in place in order to get this signal finished it goes back through caltrans it's their fin it's their signal as soon as we get the equipment in place we can finish up that project but at this point we're kind of slowed down and then we had mentioned oh yeah north street steps uh, we're thinking of getting that started with a contractor just after the 4th, if not a little bit sooner. Um, got a specific contractor coming in to deal with the North Street steps, but the idea is to clear out the debris. That's the first phase and then have a separate contractor come in to repair the railing. They are a specialty contractor. So it'll be, let's just guess about a month before we get this thing back open. And then the last issue we had talked about the CIP and uh, even though the city council may be taking a look at the budget for next fiscal year, details of the CIP will still be discussed in the future with the council as well as other, possibly the planning commission and others. I think that's what our finance director has suggested at this point in time, because we're, we're, we're trying to get this whole thing buttoned up before the, the end of the fiscal year. And we don't necessarily have to um, uh, specifically get into the details of the CIP yet, but we will. So I'll get an update to everybody back in August when we get that going. So uh, that's it for my quick update. Less than five minutes. Wow, you nailed it. <laughs> Anybody have any questions or comments uh, in regards to the project? I'll just add, it's not a project that's on here, but a project we've been talking about. I noticed that on uh, Congress's latest infrastructure bill, they have a earmark for the Vista Point Trail. So maybe that'll happen in in the next year or so. 
Oh, cool. Awesome. The Vista Point Trail, by the way, everybody, was the Golden Gate Bridge uh, northeast parking lot down to the uh, underneath the bridge. That uh, was historically open in the uh, in the 90s and then I believe closed when 9-11 um, hit. So, um, Susan. Uh, yeah, thank you, Aaron. Um, I just, uh, that's great news on the North Street steps, Kevin, and we did have, I don't know, I know David was able to be there, but we had an evacuation uh, meeting at Southview Park. Hey, we've got a new member of our committee. <laughs> um, anyway, in connection with that, a resident did come up and ask me about the North Street steps sort of as a way, you know, a, form of egress and ingress. So if there's any way to announce that, really great news that we expect that to be done optimistically within a month. You know a lot of people are waiting for that. So that was super helpful. I'm really happy to hear that. We'll do. We'll look at trying to put a sign in place and, and that way kind of alerts people to it. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, good news there. And yeah, you know, what can you say about gate six? It's out of our hands, but um, <laughs> the saga lives on. Can, yeah, and, and, you know, it is a global supply. I mean, it's a problem, microchips and bike parts and, and everything, you're seeing it everywhere. So why would why would city infrastructure be any different? But um, we'd love love to, to see that going. Uh, Two. Yeah. Um, future agenda items. Um, is next on the list, I believe, right? Yes, yeah. Did um, we do we need, Chairman, do we need any public comment on item six was just project updates? Just project to updates? Yeah, raise your hand. Cross uh, the T's and dot the I's. Right, exactly. Kevin Carroll's the, the only. Um, I don't see any at this point, so. Okay, perfect. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, let's move on then to the future agenda items all right what did we have jessica did i say remind me something anyway yes and it was um <laughs> you're gonna follow up on an email right yes <laughs> oh it's coloma coloma street for august yeah coloma and and again, the uh, yeah, the the highlight there being um, the safe routes to school recommended route going across there. So let's uh, let's talk about that, and maybe there's something we can do in the interim, just prior to the big project. Um, obviously, the big project is something we want to start talking about too. So that's that's uh, that's good. Uh, I see Kieran's hand. Yeah, main one top of mind was Nevada Street and trying to get agreement on a desired cross section. So wet layout. Do we like for Nevada? What I'd like to address with that one is since we're going to skip in July, that as as staff works forward with a design and a sketch, I'd like to forward that to each one of the members of the PBAC. We've seen these sketches before, but I want to make sure that if we're going to try to move forward as fast as we can, which I'm going to try to do that if we want to take a look at that and if there's any problem with it that you folks get a chance to look at it before anything else is implemented. Yeah, I think that's great. I think we've already had a lot of discussion 
in the forum. And now the next discussion, if it will have to potentially get in front of city council anyway, and then we can show up there and be our public and do our public comment there along with the rest of the public. So I think that's appropriate and that's the fastest way to move uh, this forward. So uh, totally in agreement with that. Um, thank you. And thank Great. you. Works for me. Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think, um, and yeah, again, uh, unless if somebody has any objections and they want to meet in July, Kevin, I know, I know you're going to miss us, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it takes some extra time and uh, well-deserved time. You have uh, such a, uh, a, a backlog uh, of items that, that are on your plate. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that the furloughs are going to be over. Um, so yay that is great news um so good welcome back to all those well-deserved well-needed um people that help make everything move um thanks to them um on i i'm going to share my screen because in honor of our important constituents um let me see here i'm going to go with here we go google chrome Okay, Mr. Right. Chairman, while you're doing that, I just want to thank Stacy for being with us this evening and um, and all your your assistance there behind you that showed up. I want to thank you. It's good to have PD with us. So thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you're, you. you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, Stacy, you made a, you made a, a, a huge uh, difference tonight. There's a couple of things that have been pending, and and you just solved it like that. We love it. Um, right here is, is uh, Wasabi. Uh, he's a Pekingese that won the show, and I think in honor of all the dog walkers in our town. <laughs> this is my favorite alien that has visited Earth lately. He's three years old. And, um, and uh, I just think that's an honor. I mean, I really, i got to be honest, I, 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 I kind of just am so pleased to see so many people walking around in our town and, and, and the dogs and, and the just whatever it is that brings them out. Um, certainly, they're, they're, the elderly people inspire me. I hope to ever uh, just be walking like they do. But um, but when you see something this cute, you just have to share it. So uh, say, say hello to Wasabi. And on uh, that note, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you for participating in the bird thing. I think that was a really good discussion. Uh, go out and do a little bit of repair on next door if you need to. <laughs> and, uh, and, and stay well. Um, thanks to all the staff. Thanks to all the members. And well, no, it, a great summer. Aaron doesn't, we'll see you now. Aaron doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to co-host a uh, happy hour with him for when the North Street stairs open. That's so right. We're going to have a party. Staff <laughs> has invited. Special drinks for all the staff. That's great. We're going to be okay. Uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> Special nice. drinks. That makes me nervous. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> we'll be passed out on the stairs. It'll It'll... <laughs> It'll be the new camp. All right. All right. Back to it again. All yeah. right. Good night. See you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Many thanks to <laughs> Megan and Chris. Good job. Thanks, Megan and Chris. Bye bye. I went to a restaurant to get something to eat. The waitress looked at me and said, Joe, you sure look 